Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. We're here at number 62, and we have a very, very special person on with us this week. Any guesses? Any guesses? Double very special. I like that. Double varies. You know his voice. We have, we have Mike Lyon. We have but Mike to keep on. things even and to update those Ooh. who might not be connected with you on social media, Andrew, you have mostly shaven the beard. So in moving, I'm the opposite of Mike. I still have a storage shed with stuff in it that I don't want to go and get. One, I don't have a truck, so I have to figure out like how to get the stuff here. I'm pretty sure my beard <laughs> buzzer thing is there. So I had to get a new one on Amazon. And then I'm like, okay, I don't even know. I'm going to try this thing out. And sure enough, it's super short. And then oh, the, yeah. my real my real boss at, at home, Lindsay, it's like, oh, I think I kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't oh, know. You're so like lucky. I look like I'm 12 maybe. But she's like, no, okay. I'm like, and yeah. So it's just been <laughs> like, oh, I'm going I'm to keep it a little bit shorter than it usually is. Is this how the news sections normally go on the podcast? We talk about oh, facial yeah. hair. I, I we talk about up. whatever... There are no change rules. Up. No rules. Okay, I like that. <laughs> the, Mike, remember, yes. the podcast, yeah. is, the, the opening is just for show. We, this is done for <laughs> purely us. It's, it's, the show is for us. That's it. That's what we uh, talk about. But I, I'm jealous that you don't have to have a beard anymore because I wish oh, that my boss would let me lose my beard. But, but it's not, if I shave, I look really weird. But it's, so it's hey, like, uh, it's let's l- Let's go ahead and talk about this right now because this is in the okay. news. Gillette and other companies that make razors have seen mm. their sales plummet not plummet Mm -hmm. i shouldn't say that but they're going down because more men are wearing beards and they're excited about it because like finally i don't have to worry about shaving it's actually acceptable in the workplace it's trendy and they're Mm -hmm. losing money dun 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 anyway nothing to do with home building but i remember when i first started i first started in home building and uh they told me i had to shave and wear a tie Yes. And then I shaved and they said, you should grow something back. You look like a 12 year old. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't even I tie still, a tie. So there's I that. still go. The only time I've ever lost a job interview, I went to an interview with Centex Homes in Columbus, Ohio, probably 2006. I wore a tie, not even a jacket, just a tie. Hmm. And I think the guy's name was Wayne. He was the division president at the time, Wayne Zill. He comes out, he looks at me, he goes, I'm still sitting in the chair. I haven't even stood up to say hello yet. And as he's walking to get me for the interview, he goes, I thought you were in marketing. Don't you know your target market here? Like builders do not, we don't trust anyone with a suit or a tie because we think you're a banker and we don't like bankers. Wow. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) We don't like bankers. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. Good talk. Anyway, let's, uh, let's shift on to story time. Yes. That was extra uh, banter, not the actual story time. Yeah. I'm going to hop in here first because I had someone that we worked with in the past reach out to me and news story. Number one, you can still call us and email us. Even if we don't work with you, we are that kind of <laughs> news flash. So, so they, they, it had been like a year yeah. or so reached out, left That's me a voicemail, funny. had a couple questions about Google and Facebook and how we used to do things. And then, of course that conversation, he was saying, you know, well, our, our lead count, is down roughly half of what it was when we were working with you. Hmm. And a lot of those were the B and C lead count is down. A lead count was still what it was. Uh, B and C were basically non-existent. They weren't getting any B or C leads anymore from their site. And 
we're talking about why and and how our methodology encouraged that uh, so that you could nurture them and have a chance to you know have that rating increase over time or they come back around just be in the game he's like okay i think i get it and then uh wanted to follow up with another question of we're going into a new geographic area than we've previously been in as a builder and i was just curious kevin if you would still recommend going heavily digital in that uh, experience or with or if you would since it's a new area and we need to get name recognition if you would encourage use of billboards and radio and television and i paused so that it would appear that i was thinking thoughtfully about it first <laughs> and then and then i was like actually no i would still go all digital in fact probably i would spend a little bit more and we talked about and and then at the end this person was very straightforward which i respect and just said uh-huh okay i'm just not sure i'm there with you. And that really it's, this isn't a story of, you know, they don't work with us, that kind of thing. It's just at the end of the day, this person who is the owner of the company and therefore his, his company just doesn't have a full belief that digital is as powerful as it is. And so even though the conversation started with, I really wish I still had these B and C leads because by the way, when they looked at their numbers, they had gotten around 10 sales, which was like 15% of their total sales volume from BNC leads that they were no longer getting. So he saw value in that. But at the end of the day, when it came down to where am I going to put my, put my dollars, he just doesn't have comfort level in today's world. And maybe an older gentleman who doesn't have any social media accounts of his own, but I just thought, wow, it was a good tangible example of sometimes why it just doesn't work out, not just in terms of who you partner with or in results, but if you're a marketer and you worked for that person and you felt like digital was the way to go, you're, you're going to be frustrated like every day of your life. Right. You know? And, and so. Yeah. That sounds awful. Well, and Kevin, owners not doing th- that. Kevin, think about the other conversation that we had with the other builder that was in a smaller regional Midwest market and say, we're still mm-hmm. heavily in newspaper and print. And right. like, I'm glad I, I wasn't on camera. <laughs> I'm glad too, because it, it would have been, it would be like, well, and I just asked Kevin, I said, Kevin, how do you feel about that? And and the response yeah. Kevin gives is way better than my response because I've been labeled dogmatic. And it's like, why in the world? Like, I know everybody thinks their market's different, but they're, it's not. I mean, buyers have shifted and changed and just that money, it's not that it doesn't work. It just costs a lot yeah. to make it work. I think that's another way of saying let me try to say what I was saying earlier better now that you set that context of di- people's markets aren't different, but culturally the builder itself might be different. Right. And that's what I mean. If your ownership, your sales leadership, your mm-hmm. whoever else in the, if the company doesn't believe in digital as a core strategy when it comes to, to marketing and advertising your homes and communities, that's going to be a problem. Right. Because anything that doesn't go perfect, it's going to be blamed on. Well, if we just had those newspaper ads back again, and that's, I think, what can be different market. It's not the market is different. You, the builder, and your approach to life right. is significantly different. All right, Mike, how about you? Great story. Yeah, that, you have to have a story time. If you're going to come on the podcast, you have to have... I already gave it. It was time. the fact that more people have beards and uh, Gillette's profit oh, margin is down. So, nice try. Just kidding. You um, used to have a, an amazing beard. It looked like many, many days ago. You know, many, many. thank you. I appreciate that. It took a lot you're of welcome. hard work and effort of not shaving. <laughs> which was actually much easier. <laughs> so yes, news today is our 18 year anniversary with my lovely wife. I think that's like 6,000 plus days. That's pretty awesome. That's not the main news, but it's important to me. You know, what's interesting is is 
we're starting to hear this a lot in our conversations with people about what's next. How can we do this? How can we maintain efficiencies? We're having a hard time finding great salespeople and everybody's talking about unattended access. So for those of you guys who maybe are just hearing this word unattended access, that is putting some kind of digital lockbox on your home, having a way for a customer to reach out either via an app, form, text, and get access into the property without anybody there. And so that's a, it's a really awesome tool that you can use the right way. But I had a builder who was, who has had me work with their team where 80% of their markets did not have an established online sales program. So they're bringing them in to talk about the benefits and why they should set it up and all those things. And they go, well, hey, we want to spend just a little Mm -hmm. bit of time talking about unattended access. And I go, okay, that's great. And their philosophy was, their thought was, unattended access, this is going to be great. Online sales can basically start selling virtually to these people and, and taking mm-hmm. this role. And I go, whoa, 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 slow, slow down a second. You haven't even gotten attended access down with regular appointments. <laughs> <Right>. Let's <laughs> start first by, by making sure they have a great customer experience up front. Yes, you're going to be able to grab people. Yes, you're going to be able to have the convenience of showing a home whenever you want. But if you don't have someone there on the front end or even during some of this process where they may not be getting answers quick enough or fast enough, you're going to have a problem. So I think unattended access is great, especially if it's the right way. And there's a lot of cool things that you can do. And I know, you know, it's probably gonna be something you guys talk about soon, but it's not, you've got to put the everything in place. And it's weird to say this, but like well, get yeah. traditional online sales in place. Isn't it weird that we can say traditional online sales? Yeah. Old school, oh, those old online, school sales. online sales program <laughs> in place. Oh, gee. Right? And so I think it's great, but layering that in and really defining as an organization and a company, the difference between someone who's managing leads, working inside sales versus actual on-site sales. And even though you may not be there in person, you're still selling. It still takes time. You still have to work with that customer. It's still a longer conversation. So even though it's virtual, technically unattended access, that doesn't mean online sales or the online sales team should be managing that as well. Does that make sense, Kevin? I mean. It does make sense. But I think the other thing is, is you start tiptoeing into this and trying it and learning and iterating and growing on this. It also, if you have an an old established online sales program, it's easier to wrap that around this. Meaning the online salesperson probably doesn't have the time to talk for 20 minutes while they're walking through the home when they have other leads coming in and they need to be fast and responsive. But pre-qualifying, pre-screening, getting the CRM, making sure that everything is set up properly before unattended access and then circling around afterwards or continuing to nurture that person, you're just going to end up at a better place if you have a good online sales program to wrap around that unattended that's right. access. Yeah, experience. that's my news ripped from from the ground. That's not an article. That's a real life story. Is that how that works? <laughs> I don't know. That's story time. Okay. Is, yes. That's story it. is real. That's it. Story is real. Andrew, you got one? I got one, and this is a fun one. It's outside of the home building industry, so it's a little something new, but it's but it's really not outside. So I have a buddy in Tennessee, right outside of Gatlinburg, real great area. Oh, home I don't of know. pancakes. I know. They I don't know how he pancakes in lives Gatlinburg. in that area. I can't stand it. It's I don't. Know. Anyways, oh, that's mean. That's not. That's not the point. He's like, and he he does digital marketing for much smaller businesses in that area, as you could imagine. It's not not very dense. He's like, hey, I got this one. We do SEO. We do Facebook, we do Google ads, like they do everything for this person, like a full agency and print, like 
all this stuff is, is for a mover. And he's like, here's an email that he sent to me. So I looked at it and it's like, you know, a paragraph long. Essentially, it's like they don't know what is causing what as far as sales. Everything is making sense. They're very busy this year, all that stuff. But they don't have any way of knowing like, where is our weakness? Like, the, so they don't know how much, how much traffic are we getting? How many leads are we getting? Mm, how many yeah. of those mm -hmm. calls that we're getting are qualified moves or, or whatever terminology a mover mm -hmm. would use? How many are the actual size move we want or the in-state, out-of-state, all these different scenarios? And so I'm like, I don't know how you're doing any of this because there, there's no numbers. There's, you can't like say, oh, you're not closing enough or you're, you're pricing too high. It was just, and his worry was the attribution of like, we don't know if it's coming from Google or Facebook. I'm like, does that really matter at this point? You're only spending like a thousand a month on your, on your ads. You don't even know if you could double your sales if they, maybe it's pricing the issue. Could they double the revenue if they just adjusted the pricing? Is that why they're losing sales? So I don't have the, the end of the story, but I'm like, why are they getting wrapped up in this, this four letter, in my mind, it's the four letter word attribution because it's so difficult to, to make it perfect where everyone wants it perfect when the bigger opportunity mm -hmm. is just figuring out where in there. I feel like people give the funnel a bad word. They're just trying to come up with new buzzwords. It's a, what's the new one? The flywheel or something silly. I'm like, uh, whatever yeah, flywheel, it is. The bow tie. Who knows? It's your sales the process. Double funnel, the, the double funnel. The double funnel. Double funnel. The beer yeah. funnel. Just where in the sales process <laughs> is, is there opportunity is what I essentially was, was like that. That's your money right there. Like where yeah, in the sales I process hope I get, do you need to I hope fix I get it? hate mail or Good. hate calls for saying this, uh -oh. but uh oh, I have uh -oh. to. I just I'm I'm feeling feisty on a Friday. I think. Oh no, feisty Friday. <laughs> you know what? I think one of the best ways to get attribution is today, Andrew. Ooh, I need to know what is it. The create new annotation button in Google Analytics. Ooh. So <laughs> what I mean by that is literally just saying, <laughs> uh, like you, you're creating this. a history mark. I started this campaign. I ended this campaign. We made this new initiative. Because at the end of the day, when all of your web traffic that's not organic or direct is only coming from three places, as you move those levers, if you're creating a new annotation, mm -hmm. it can become pretty simple to see some of the basic information that you're trying to find. 100% agree. As I'm just saying that, I'm thinking we should edit it out. But <laughs> we probably, that's funny. I'm, I'm sitting yeah. here going, you're going to get hate mail once people Google what is annotation. Annotation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I made a note. I made a mark on a calendar saying this is when I started spending significantly more on Facebook and Instagram okay. the right way. There you go. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden traffic goes up, lead conversions go up, right? You're just like, oh, I guess there's a correlation there. I guess there is. We, yep, exactly. So let's see. The more of the story is there are details I think we could get caught up in, especially on the marketing side, that don't really matter when it's the bigger mm -hmm. picture stuff. But of course, our job titles all influence what details we should focus on. So it's hard to just to say this blanket statement. But I was like, that's not the opportunity. Like it's, it's way before that. Yep. Yep. And that's why it does help to have an outside partner or someone that you can talk to because they're more quick to realize what those opportunities are sometimes than when you're mm -hmm. super close to it every day. Definitely. All right. Let's shift over to the news. And breaking news, first one up. <laughs> is that the real? reason why Mr. Lyons here yes. to join us is we've got something that is a first for Do You Convert. I don't think we've That's ever right. done anything like this before, have we? No, we haven't. This is our first, what I would call, um, you know, kind of standalone product, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. Kevin, are you excited? 
I am very excited. I'm going to take Jen's spot here and <laughs> go on right. the excitement Jen train. Should have been no, on to say that. Very I think it's awesome, right. and this is going to. If you don't know us, this is going to sound super disingenuous. But one of the hardest parts about running a business is not being able to help as many people are who are asking for help. And this is just right. an example of us being able to say, okay, we can't. And the, historically, we've not been able to do this service, which is a mystery shop service for online sales programs. Yes. It'd be like, sorry, we just don't have the bandwidth to help you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And it does, it's not because you're saying no, because there's no money. It's because someone just wants your help and you can't. And so this is our first product in kind of quotes a little bit, but it's our first opportunity to help people beyond just the builders that we partner with in a more intimate way. That's right. So the news, breaking news, we've got a new online secret shop specifically for online sales specialists. And where this came from, like Kevin said, is it's something that we have been doing and conducting internally for do you convert clients? So everybody who works with us, usually at 60 to 90 days, once they're up and running, or if they've already been established, we'll go out and shop. We'll shop those. And you guys have probably seen some of these from our yearly survey that we do. It's a similar type of process, but it's very comprehensive. It's end to end. And that's why we've had to say no. You know, a lot of large organizations, corporate, large publicly traded builders that have multiple online sales specialists will say, can you shop all our sales team? We're like, no, (laughs) we can't because we do it all internally and we do it ourselves. So what we've done, which is so exciting, is we've partnered with Clear Evaluations. Now, Clear Evaluations is a fantastic shop company that focuses on the home building industry. And they had a version of an online shop, but the Do You Convert version is on steroids. Yeah, totally comprehensive <laughs> from start to finish. So what we did is we partnered with Leslie and their team over there at Clear Evaluations. They're fantastic, highly recommended. And we built this Do You Convert approved secret shop. So for those of you who have been wondering, how is my online sales specialist doing? As a marketer, you're sitting there going, how is our customer journey and our brand portrayed? And you want to look at both qualitative and quantitative data. This is it. And it comes packaged in a beautiful digital delivery. It has a great report card. And probably one of the coolest things that people have been telling us, because we've been beta testing this for a couple months now, is that after you go back in and you can shop, you know, consistently quarter after quarter, you can start comparing these metrics um, to previous quarters. So think uh, Google Analytics for your shop data. Exactly. The other thing too, is if you have teams, you can quickly, if you've got a team of 20, 30, 40, however many, you can go in there and they spit out a leadership report card that gives you the important overviews very quickly. Things that you need to improve on across the board, things that everybody's doing great at across the board. And we look at the speed of the response. We look at the number of responses. We look at the types of responses. We have someone who calls in and actually does a phone shop and then we go and we we set an appointment. Obviously, that appointment's missed because this is a imaginary person who's not going to show up. But we want to track not only what's happening during the follow up process, but what happens after they set an appointment. So yeah, this is what handoff. makes the do you yeah the handoff process. This is what makes the do you convert shops so everybody wanted it, and we just didn't have the bandwidth. Well, finally we do, and so it's we're super excited about launching that yeah. out. If you guys want details, it's going to be up on our website. I'm sure we'll include links to the yep. show. Links notes. to the show notes now. Yep. slash secret dash shop. Uh, if you happen to be sitting around and, and you can go there straight away. I think one of the most exciting things to me 
well, the two parts are one, the dashboard is killer because back in yes. the day, and we'll have Leslie on in a couple of weeks to talk more about mystery shopping in general, but the dashboard is so different than when I was around doing this at Miranda, for example, we still got VCR cassette tapes of the shop <laughs> and like a faxed over scorecard that no one ever kept in any type of like historical reference way. It was just, you passed, you didn't. And the next time kind of forgot what their previous score was. I love that. And I also love the fact that you and Jen spent a lot of time with Leslie kind of setting this up of it wasn't, they were already doing an online shop and we just put our name on it. It was literally yes. reverse engineering and saying, we're not willing to compromise how the shop is done and how much detail there is in it. We just want to teach you how that process works and then use your, your amazing system and and process and good customer experience that we've heard so much about to make all this work for everybody. Yeah. That was interesting because she goes, Oh, when, when I walked her through specifically what we were doing and I was showing her our shops, which by the way, despite being a digital company, our delivery wasn't that great either. Right. (laughs) Right. We didn't have this platform. And so she yeah. goes, whoa, we don't do this. And she goes, we're going to have to rework everything. I said, that's okay. Let's rework it. If you're up for it, we're up for it. And she was, mm-hmm. and um, the end product is absolutely amazing. So we're, we're very excited to Could we put this on the new that, section of Market Proof Marketing. Could we tease that dashboard like a screenshot of some sort? Or is that? Oh, sure. Heck yeah. Because yeah, sounds we can pull cool. Like, like, yeah, let's show that thing off. Yeah, we, what we need to do, the hard part is kind of stripping out the data of who the builder yeah. is, but we need to like do a, we need to show somehow in a video, like this is how you can manipulate the data because it's just, it's truly It's very similar amazing. to a data studio dashboard for those That's of you right. who are familiar with that. It's it's interactive, right. you can click in, you can sort, filter. It's just, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great portal for all that information. Yeah. All right, speaking of p- great portal, <laughs> hey, how about that syndication site, Zillow.com? Have you heard Zillow. of that one? I've heard of it. Been the there other once. news item we've got is an Inman article titled Zillow is still losing money on every home it sells, but not as much as it was six months ago. Oh, okay. And so currently on average, and I believe this is just on the specific home itself, Zillow lost nearly $3,000 on every home it sold in the second quarter Whew. after taking into account interest payments, hmm. according to their latest earnings data that was released not too long ago. 786 homes sold. Average sale price of the home was $248,000. So just under $250. Now, here's a quick breakdown, and then we'll talk a little bit more. Home acquisition. So the home, buying the home itself, $224, roughly $9,500 in renovation costs. Wow. $2,500 to hold the home, interest payments. And then selling costs, i.e., paying an agent on the other end, I guess, would be most of that, as well as other fees, $10,600. Interest leading them to a total before interest expense two hundred forty seven thousand, so basically making like thirteen hundred bucks, but then ultimately losing twenty twenty three hundred basically. So they're losing money. So the interest is not the issue. That's just the well, yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple <laughs> things here. Let's let's break them down. One is ultimately, and and Rich Barton, the CEO, kind of talks about this in the article. When more of the folks purchasing the homes, because they acquired a, a lending company, Mortgage Lenders of America, once they start making money off mortgages and other ancillary kind of add-ons to that process of buying and selling, that carry loss is gone, right? So they're just trying to be first to market in as many markets as possible or quickly catching up to open door and others. Right. Right. And 
There's another article from a gentleman named Mike Del Prete. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name that I read a couple weeks ago that said, actually, according to his calculation, when you take into headcount and everyone else, uh, all the other systems and processes behind the scenes that they have to put in place to be able to add a new market and say, we now can buy your home in Columbus, Ohio, for example, that it's actually closer to fifty to $60,000 loss per home. Ooh. That they're, in terms of all of wow. the build out of the necessary pieces of this, this process to make it work. And what it made me think of, and I like your guys' perspective on this, is I think Mike actually came up with this saying, Mike DePretti, is that red is the new black. And this is across all companies. But what he means by that is Amazon, if you remember, had a couple quarters in right. a row where they were hugely profitable. And then it's almost like Jeff Bezos said, guys, we screwed up. If we're heavily profitable, that means we're going to have to pay taxes. We missed, it. like, go spend more money, scale faster, expand Amazon Prime more, you know, do whatever, like, we, sh- we don't want to be profitable at this point. And of course, I'm not saying Zillow doesn't want to be profitable, but it's almost like profit doesn't matter. You've got to get that scale or you're going to lose to someone like an open door. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it kind of goes in line with what the Uber news where they're losing another $5 billion the second quarter and and they're losing money on every ride that they that that you hail, but their numbers are up, their rides are up, and it's all about just getting that market share. I think in this, it's a land grab right now of the iBuyer program, and they know in order to basically go out there and dominate and not only be the right now Zillow is real estate just like Facebook is social media just like Google is search but mm-hmm. Zillow is not buy my home I mean first of all people don't even know that 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 can happen and then when you have Keller Williams coming up mm-hmm. beside you and everybody else saying we're going to do this just because we don't want to be out hustled by Zillow I think they're just getting out there as fast as they can but it's crazy to think about that science experiment and how much it costs because it's different when it's not a $25 Uber ride it's a $250,000 house yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. a Andrew, lot of money. Andrew, you you put in our internal Slack conversation a couple like last week. There's a house that was purchased by Open Door, mm-hmm. and right. they've already lowered the price. Was it fifty grand? It was fifty. Yeah, fifty. So great. It was actually a house like it that fit when we were looking for a home, like the circle, like our radius that we had saved on on Zillow. So they keep updating it with me because it's been okay. in there forever. So I get the email every week or so. Yeah, like, Zillow keeps trying to help sell the Open Door listing, it. and that was what's <laughs> interesting though is the home is finally at the point of this estimate, like it's 2000 more than this estimate now. So it'll be mm. interesting. Will it sell when it's sitting there? Like what it should be according to like yeah. Zillow's you know, estimate. It's 2% of whatever the variance is based on the actual sales price. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder, this is, I know you guys have talked about this before, but the interesting thing is what happens when the market swings and yes, they'll, they'll have insights mm-hmm. and data on it, but that still doesn't change the fact that you're sitting on inventory that's going to have to be reduced, used or new. It doesn't matter, right? It happens. And so they're yeah. just going to get, they're going to get clobbered if they're going in already taking a loss. Yep. And then if it happens again, yep. it's going to be even a steeper loss. So it's interesting. Like I said, it's just the numbers are bigger than, than other products because it's a home. They are big numbers. Yeah. I think what, what I'd like to see just because I, I could like in Excel, you could just punch in all these numbers. I'm sure someone did at Zillow and they have all these economists and all that stuff. Like in 15 years, what does all this activity look like? Like Kevin, you pointed out with the mortgages, um, like is this actually in the black? But you know, initially, it, like, well, so there, we, there's no we, question. We already have that data. It will be no. So we they yeah. already have that data because uh, brokerages 
do this all the yeah. time. You know, they talk, you look at what a brokerage, a, a general real estate brokerage actually makes on a transaction. It is extremely, extremely small and limited. And that's why they have to have the quote family of services around it to make it worth having a brokerage because it just doesn't make any yep. sense. So it's, it's the same exact business model. It's just digital. Gotcha. The challenge is they're coming in and they're, what's weird to me is they're already buying it for lower than you could if you resold, you know, the, the customer was reselling it. Then you've got all those costs and you're losing money. I'm assuming they're selling it a little bit lower. It's weird that they're still not profitable when you take out headcount and actual, you know, all the systems doing this, just the actual transaction itself. That's the part that's like, well, okay, they're really trying to get market share. That's got to be the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have to make sure that they own that Zillow is the one that I would want. Because again, at the end of the day, they win either scenario. If Here's the thing too. This analysis just looks at the profit per that one house. But how many other people click the button right. of, I'd like to talk to Zillow about buying my house and then don't, but end up getting connected to a Zillow Premier That's agent right. and the money they make off of having Zillow Premier agents. So I think everyone right now wants to hate on this whole idea I think there's no question that at some point it becomes profitable. It's just a question of can anyone get enough market share and enough leadership to become insanely profitable? Because the number one person in any market is usually the most profitable as well. And so it's, it's just a question of who can get the biggest ground grab to, to be the most profitable at the end of the day. But I don't think there's a question that it, I, I hope by the time we get around to selling our house here, that Zillow's here. Cause I don't, I don't want to have to touch up the trim again <laughs> no. before I put the house on the market, right? That's just annoying. Well, well it sounds like they're putting a cost, like for that that example you think that you gave, Kevin, it's like two twenty was the acquisition cost, so they're they're paying two twenty to the seller, and they yep. they probably show them we're we're going to spend probably ten on renovation, not renovation, but cleanup type stuff, and then there's ten for the realtor, and then there's another two, so the person yeah. selling is like, oh, well that that seems fair, and like, in in terms of shareholder value too, to be clear, like. Their stock price from the beginning of the year was at thirty dollars. It's currently at forty one, but even just a day or two ago is at fifty almost. So, from a shareholder value perspective, right, it doesn't matter. And that's why I say the red is red is the new black. Of it doesn't really matter for losing money as long as their revenue growth continues to skyrocket the way it has quarter after quarter since starting this program, um, and and they're satisfying consumer behavior to want to do it again and again and again and to choose Zillow. They're I think they're they're in good shape, and I. I just, if I'm open door, I'm hopeful that I can figure a way to, to make this swing back my way, but the momentum's clearly in Zello's favor. Right. Hey, can I add a, a news item? I was just thinking about this. I know we didn't send anything beforehand. Uh, let's take a vote. Andrew, you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We allow it. <laughs> Allowed. <laughs> Approved. We just found out Approved. recently that the National Association of Home Builders, the Nationals, so I don't know if anybody's uh, probably uh-huh. listening to this is familiar with that, hopefully. They are now allowing for the first time to online sales teams to submit. So it used to be online sales specialist or sales counselor of the year. Online sales specialist of the year was only for one person. Uh Well, there's a lot of uh, teams out there, one, two, or three people in a market, et cetera, et cetera. Now they are allowing, even though it doesn't say it publicly, you can submit as a team. So I think that's super exciting. And a team is most probably most going to likely to win. I would Hopefully this first year. It's just a better yeah, I think story. It'd be great. You would yeah. think. I didn't like better story, bigger <laughs> exactly. numbers. I didn't like this person when I first came. It was like, like Step Brothers, you know, the movie Step Brothers. <laughs> they didn't like him at first, but now we're fast friends and we share everything. And <laughs> yeah. So I, I that, that's really cool that they're starting that's to awesome. do that. And 
Um, they just opened that up to start submissions for that for this year and the Builder Show. All That's right. Well, cool. I, we have exciting news for everyone. Jackie has Yay. made it. Uh, she has Hi, joined everyone. the podcast. Yes, I am here. Fashionably late. We're going to start over for you. <laughs> Let's go back to the yeah. beginning. Well, and that means we can take a quick break, uh, get get Mike out of here, and we can get on to our 360 topic of the week, which is what's everyone talking about right now? The questions that we're getting just every day, sometimes it feels like every hour, the same five questions that people all want to talk about. We're going to talk about them together as a little family here, and we'll be right back. All right. This week's 360 topic of the week. Jackie has joined us again. Yes. Thank you, Jackie, for hopping in. Absolutely. This week's 360 topic is what everyone's talking about right now. And another subtitle for this could be, you know, what's next? What's hot? I heard such and so and so is trying this out. Should we be doing it? Is it working? All those kind of discussions. And I thought it'd be good just to wrap them up in kind of a rapid fire discussion. Mm -hmm. And I, want to start with this quote from Seth Godin uh, for full context here. And it is that the next big thing is already here and we are becoming distracted by new big things. So the next big thing is already here mm-hmm. and we're already distracted by the next new big thing. Oh, that is definitely one I of your like favorites because I've, I've heard you use that one. Yeah. A bit. Uh, That's definitely, I it's think still every, true though from the first yeah. time you used it. I my, think everybody's <laughs> so afraid they, they don't want to get behind. So you're just constantly... Yes moving Mm -hmm. forward that you just probably tend to lose focus in the moment now. And this is probably just in my head, but I always feel like when people ask me these kind of questions, when I tell them something that disappoints them, meaning I'm not as excited as they are, (laughs) I feel like they think that I don't want to go there because, oh, that's going to be my work for me as a partner or a consultant or a coach, right? Of, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, that's just more work. Let's just... Let's stay here and do the easy stuff that's already in place. And that's not it at all, No, I think. That's why I spend so much time talking about the fact that we make no money off of ad spend ever, right? We don't function mm-hmm. like an agency in that sense. You just pay for the time of our involvement only because we don't have those kind of biases of, I don't want to go there for these other reasons that sometimes other people do. And sometimes people talk about the next new big thing because they need a new reason to stick around and be relevant and in the conversation. And so you all, that, that's, that's all the context I think there. Let's just jump into, and I've got five here for us to talk about. Five good ones. The, and these are just the questions, again, that people are talking about with me, asking me all the time. One is, hey, any big shifts in budget spend allocation that we need to consider? And kind of connected with this is, it seems like paid search is underperforming in terms of trackable, attributable results to what social is delivering, especially Mm -hmm. when you talk about the quality metrics of bounce rate, time on site, page count, et cetera. Sometimes it's more of a tie when it comes to actual lead attribution, direct, you know, last click attribution. But Andrew, any thoughts there on social versus PPC? Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely seeing the trend, especially those that, you know, I'm biased with, with those that work with us. So I see our performance on both of those and a and of course, Facebook is amazing with the efficiency as far as getting you know, the cost per user, cost per session is is awesome with the way we mm-hmm. do things there. And then Google is, it's always been going up for, forever, right? It's never really mm-hmm. been 
lower cost. It's not like, hey, this new thing came out and now <coughs> exactly. cost per click is a fifth of what it used to be. And so you have that going on, but then you also have, I think Google really shines when a builder has more choices in a market, oh, even yeah. based on, so let's say Charlotte, that's an easy one. I think a lot of people would be familiar with. If you're bidding on the keyword new home Charlotte, that could be north of town, all the way up in like Concord or like, or is it south? And I think Fort Mill, is that yeah, way, no. way down Hill, there? Yeah, Fort Mill, Mill like Concord, that way, right, where yeah. are they searching for? So if you build all over, that keyword is going to be amazing for you. But then if you bid on, say, New Homes Concord, even if, if you have one community up there, your cost per lead might be twice what a builder is that ha might have three communities. So it, it, there's mm -hmm. definitely variance in PPC working for different size builders with different success. And then their price point of it versus social, there's a lot, there's a lot more forgiveness because the cost per click could be 10 cents. So it, yep. it might. No. It's not as, uh, the punishment isn't, isn't as much if you have less choices, which could then mm -hmm. influence the cost per lead and results. Now, do you think a lot of that comes down to like A and B testing? Something that you find people will try both to see what works for them? Or is it always, you know, more or less social outshines that? Ooh, that's a good one. We've always done it where everyone's running both of us at the same time. So you, yeah. Yeah, I guess, would kind of be like an A-B test yeah. where you see it at the same mm -hmm. time. And it's, I'm sure Kevin will jump in and the quality metrics that we're looking, you know, pages per session, the amount of time they're spending on the site, then bounce rate. Which if you're doing it correctly, again, it's well, awesome. Well, let's pause Facebook. on the quality metric part real fast. And mm -hmm. we've had other episodes about this. And so I, I just want to make sure everyone's got full context all the time here. At the end of the day, we want leads and we want quality leads that lead to appointments and sales. But one of the reasons I do like looking at quality metrics as part of the total story is think about how fast the world is and how quick we move as consumers. If someone is choosing to spend in the two to three minute range on a mobile device on your site and they're looking at multiple pages, like I can't make a consumer do that. There is no incentive that like I could be like, you'll get a $5 gift card if you stay on this site for more than two minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's obviously not what's happening. And so, yes, there is. It is true that if someone had 10, 15 minute time on site, that might just be because they have no idea how to convert and your calls to action are terrible. So they could just be getting lost and distracted at the same time. So at the end of the day, it is a meaningless number in the sense of at the end, we really care about goal attribution leads and the quality of those leads. But when you're talking about, I just think it's important to talk about the fact that when the consumer is voting with their time and attention, there is still something important to, to look at there at the mm -hmm. same, same time. In terms of social versus PPC, I think what it comes down to is the only way to lower your PPC spend in terms of cost per click, it's not like you said, Andrew, there's no new ad format that's suddenly less yep. expensive. The only way to do it is to have a better and better brand, ironically, right? The, it, it's the same thing with SEO. The best way to win the SEO battle is to have people type in Heartland Homes, Columbus, Ohio, mm -hmm. instead of New Homes, Columbus, Ohio. That's the way you win. That's how you would lower your PPC across the board is if you build an amazing brand that, but at the same time, I hear the ad doctor's voice saying, but if they're searching for your brand, would you want to spend that money all on PPC because they're looking for you anyway? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right? a hard one. Mm. And social just does such an amazing job. I can't overstate how well the artificial intelligence works on Facebook and Instagram at 
finding the right people, not just who will click, but also who should see it and be exposed to the ad, generally speaking. And because people are spending so much time, if you think about the idea of inventory of, of ad space to be shown, which at times Facebook has said has become a problem, right? Too many people want to advertise, not enough people spending time on their devices in the app to show a good ratio of real content to ads. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, what are people spending a significant amount of time doing every single day? They're in there. Yeah, they're on there. And so the inventory is still larger than the inventory of new homes geography, right? So your cost is just lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just lower. And so we are seeing, and we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, Beck and I did when you guys were all on vacation or or enjoying your best life, whatever you were doing, (laughs) (laughs) leaving us on the podcast by ourselves. But, you know, the spend is definitely going more towards social. And I had an interesting question. Someone asked me, hey, Kevin, you've talked a lot in the past about finding the right tipping point in an ad medium and finding the right balance between quality and what you're paying. What is the tipping point that you've seen for home builders when it comes to Facebook and Instagram paid advertisements? And I had to pause because I really don't think... I've seen that yet. Meaning I haven't, I've seen people who have spent way too much money and tactically they're doing something that's causing the results not to be there. But if tactically you're sound, I have not yet seen a tipping point of you're clearly spending way too much and getting way too little back when it comes to paid social. I agree. And I think we've seen yeah. some big numbers. We've seen some big us, numbers too. Like where we're <laughs> yeah. like, no, that's too much. And we're like, oh, well, well, we should look at that. That's not. That is crazy. Right. Cool. Right. Which kind of goes back to the inventory thing. Like if your ad performs well, say relevance score, you're looking at that mm-hmm. on your Facebook ad, like Facebook will give you the inventory because they want your ad versus someone mm-hmm. else who doesn't have that. So yeah, there yeah. is inventory in that aspect. Okay. We could keep talking about this, but the question <laughs> is, uh, sometimes it just boils down to, I feel like I'm not spending enough on paid search. Mm-hmm. And the answer most of the time is, mm, as long as you're getting good results, you're probably fine. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to spend more. The faucet used to be, maybe this is the best way to clear, to end this is the faucet used to be, if I need more traffic, I turn on PPC spend or I turn it down. That is that faucet is now completely on the social end. hundred percent. And PPC is yep. all about maintaining the, the highest quality mm-hmm. keyword list you can mm-hmm. and just focusing on that. Okay. That was uh, too long. We can't spend that much time on all the rest of these, but these are all fun. Unattended access is definitely the new hotness. We've seen articles, uh, CBH, I think, made a brilliant move of, from a PR standpoint saying, you know, just across the board, we're going full on unintended access, maybe the first builder to do that. At least that's what the article from ProBuilder talked about. So kudos to them for for jumping in and, and making that happen. But when we talk about unintended access, we're talking about using an enter now or a smart lock, sometimes cameras, sometimes iPods on wheels, Uh, where people are doing FaceTime, but giving consumers access to a model or an inventory home to access whenever, wherever they want. And that is definitely something that everybody wants to know about and who's doing it well, what are those initial results look like. Before I talk about who's doing it well and, and results, just kind of, and we've talked about this again on episodes before, how do you guys feel as a consumer? Would you want this? Jackie, you could go first. So now when you say unattended access, this is outside of a virtual tour per se. This is No, this is actually getting access via key code to go into an inventory home at 7:30 at night if you want to. Ooh. With your husband. I 
like that personally. I, at least for us, I, and we're talking about new parents over here where our <laughs> schedules are all over the place and having just flexibility, being able to do something spontaneously because that's how life works over here. Yep. So, well, that's how life I think in general, a lot of people right? work. So, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like we'll look at this and years later be like, you mean you used to, you couldn't just go and look at it. Like, It'll be like right. saying like, oh, the website turned off at night. That's weird. Not mm -hmm. that websites ever did that, but it would be the same thing. Like, what do you mean you had to like make, I want to spend yeah. half a million dollars, 300, 200, and you're, I have to conform to your schedule is kind of the, like right. my selfish thought. Like, what do you mean? Even that's not thinking about like logistics and okay. security, but just that like. That concept there is so big mm -hmm. and applies to way more than unintended access it's going to, yeah. when we talk about chat, chat bots and texting, same thing can apply there as well as I remember when I was a VP of sales and marketing, having a sales meeting where I, where I just talked about if you went into gap mm -hmm. and you know, it's more convenient for everyone who's working retail at the gap when someone doesn't like a shirt, just leave it in a pile over there. I mean, that's easier than folding it back up, mm -hmm. like constantly making sure that everything like just leave it in the pile. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's just easy. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what I see new home salespeople do is they set up their office, their model home. Everything is to be as easy as possible on them. Like, why do you pre-make packets of all the information instead mm -hmm. of custom making a packet of the information that relates just to that, what that buyer is interested in? Because it's easier. I just grab the packet that's pre-made. Why do you, you know, put your trash can where you do uh, just... Mm -hmm. There's so much of that that is just set up to make the life of the employee as simple as possible versus thinking about the customer. I and I think unintended access is one of those things where the customer wants it. I feel I like think, you feel like you have control a yep. little bit more of that control in this situation, especially like you said, Andrew, with how big of an investment it is and feeling like you kind of have that little bit of that VIP treatment. Yeah, without, without sounding like, like, oh, look at you. you have, you're spending money, so you're in charge. But yeah, I think you kind of feel like, well, other industries where I'm spending 20, like you go to Chick-fil-A and spend $6, mm -hmm. you feel like they're treating me better than the salesperson. Like they're going oh, out like, of the way to get me some sauce. <laughs> yeah. Like what in the world? Like I'm right. trying to give you a lot of money and you're making it difficult. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That might have, Yeah, and that's what I'm, you know, yeah, well, like, we have model home hours. So if you want to view the model home, like so I, I think they're like, all about... Yeah. Like I want to come by at eight. Yeah, right. exactly. And that's what usually work hours, yeah. right? A normal work yep. schedule. That's so everyone's probably, especially childcare, just so many different, you know, moving parts to it now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And from a company perspective, right? They can't have, at least they don't feel like they can have enough staff to actually attend all the inventory homes or model homes when customers want to show up. So it mm -hmm. seems like this is a great answer. And honestly, like you said, Andrew, I, I think we all agree that that is where things are going and where they should be going. Not necessarily the unattended part. That's just a, a reality we have to live with of we probably can't actually be attending 24-7. It's not a preference, but we do want the unlimited access. So instead of unattended access, I think unlimited access is a better maybe way to think about what we're trying to provide the customer. Yeah, that might be it. Just like what the mm -hmm. website does. It gives you unlimited access whenever you want to look at all the pictures why wouldn't we want unlimited access to actually go see, touch, experience the the home or the or the models whenever we want? Yep. This is a perfect story. I joined the new gym. Da, da, da. I always have some way to tie it back to the gym. But new gym, <laughs> key code access anytime you want. And they don't have staff at five in the morning when I go. Other gym, they open up at five, at five in the morning. This person just sits there and looks at you, check in. 
And it's like, why are you paying for someone to sit here and look at me, scan my own card when you could just put the, the scanner outside the door and you don't have to have this person. Like they don't, they don't do sales at five in the morning. It's just, it's weird. It's like, so they're, you know, obviously members are switching to that one. I feel like that's almost comparable. Like let them go. A lot of it too is trust. Isn't that the biggest thing too? trust? I mean, just, you know, not having someone there in person. Well, that's definitely a concern uh, that home builders have. Uh, We had someone post something, I think in our group about, we have million dollar model homes. How can we give people unattended access where we might have, you know, a piece of furniture in there that we spent five grand on? Oh, yeah. You know, what what if it gets stolen, et cetera? Mm -hmm. And that's where services like Enter Now and other places where they make you either scan a credit card or a driver's license or something so you know. Also, there's a safety concern of, you know, getting access to a home unattended late at night, you know, if something happens. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's other considerations, but I think we all agree that the but, customer but Kevin, wants... To your, we know from before, I mean, that there's issues even when you have a rep on site, there's that Correct. sometimes that fear too. So... Yep. And that can be a positive then of giving right. unattended access of, I right. don't want to meet someone at nine o'clock at night. I don't feel mm-hmm. safe. Let them go see it for themselves. Right. So I think, I think we all agree the consumer wants it. And that means it's going to happen more and more and more. Yes. But I think one of the interesting thoughts that ties into Mike's story time piece was, however, if you don't have the basics down, like if your team doesn't follow up with salespeople or with customers now, doesn't use a CRM system, you don't have an online sales program maybe even as well, then at the end of the day, all you're doing, it, it's, it's kind of like, look at all those hits on our website. Well, what does it mean? Well, maybe it means there's like a, a cat just sitting there pushing the button over and over again, refreshing on the, on the site. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it means. And if you don't have the rest of everything built out well, in terms of a team that can follow up, a team that can be responsive, um, it's going to be really hard to know other than the fact, like I could see sales managers and ownership getting really frustrated of, well, what the heck is going on? Like we used to have no foot traffic. Now we have a thousand unintended access visits in a month and our sales are still the same. Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be maddening if you don't have the rest of the program that that you need built out around that unattended access. I agree. I agree too. Yep. So I think we think it's it's kind of similar to to chatting and texting and the rest of it's a building block that you need to be thinking about. Um, And and we do think that another option here is a separate sales team that only works unattended access showings. So they're literally, you know, strategically stationed geographically around areas you build where they could get a notice and be in a location in 10 to 20 minutes tops to be present when, Mm. and just constantly be roaming around to, you know, so I think there's going to be different things that people have to think about. Um, It's not just going to be a magic bullet, but it is definitely something that's better, a better approach than the way things used to be. You know what it reminds me a little bit about when you said that was just, Uber in a way where you get on an app and you're kind of like, okay, I, I need this now. And who's around like who, especially yeah. if you have a team or huh, very, that's, I, I like that. Yep. Yep. And I even, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Someone else will build it. That's fine. I, I've made apps before that never saw the light of day, although it was close. And then other people have made something very similar and it's awesome. At least it gets done. It makes the world a better place. So I'm going to give you uh, my thought process here. You talk about a larger builder. Let's let's think DR Horton level mm-hmm. large. Okay. Why would you not want to build an Uber-like platform for your own sales team? 
So you've got 25 communities in a city and okay. someone requests access to a home at 730 at night. Why not let salespeople who are off self-select if they would like to get a notice when someone does mm. that? And then like an Uber driver, say, yes, I'd like to pick up that appointment and go drive and take it kind of ad hoc as it happens. Mm. If you have a sales team of 20, 30 people, there's yeah. a pretty good chance that someone's nearby right? Uh, and may want that commission and, and show up and take that appointment. Brilliant. And even Ooh. next level, Mike was saying, kind of like Uber gives drivers and riders ratings, maybe on the back end, the algorithm of that app gives priority to the driver slash salesperson who has the best closing ratio. Ooh, <gasps> sneaky. Ooh. Sneaky, sneaky. Right? That just, that made me and feel honestly, some type of way. Talking, yeah. And talking with really smart people like Jeff Turner, he's like, yeah, you know, I know people who could build that in probably three hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. So go do it. Anyway, yes. uh, next one, content. And this one we're going to do super short because this is my kind of my keynote talk at the summit. So more on that later. We'll cover it in full detail after the summit's over. But a common question is, okay, okay, Kevin, we feel like we've got all the house pictures, community pictures, videos, descriptions, all that basic content is taken care of. What is the next level piece of content? And the simple answer I'll give you now is that you need to be thinking about creating bingeable content created only for people who are the furthest down the funnel, as well as content for people to encourage referral business or make it easy for them to tell others when they have a good experience. And a silly example of that is the format you're listening to now, a podcast. I do think every builder at this point should have a podcast. That would kind be weird. weird. That's huh? a lot of podcasts. Mm. Mucho yeah, podcasts. That is a lot of podcasts. Some <laughs> fun people. Every builder has someone fun to listen to. I would think. That's true. So That's I think every builder should have a podcast. And when I say that, people flash forward to not just technically, how do you do that? How do I get it edited? What equipment do I need? There's, there's that kind of mental pain that you have to go through. But then there is the, what am I going to say every time? And the pressure's off here because when I, when I said it was bingeable content. So you don't need to have a weekly podcast. What you need to have is six, eight, 10 episodes available to be binged at one time by someone who is, because we all know how crazy customers get when they're in this cycle of shopping for a home. I think I want to build from Happy Acres Builders or build with Happy Acres Builders at Happy Acres. Mm -hmm. And I just want to think about it. I'm marinating on it. And as I'm driving to work or I'm making dinner at home, instead of them having HGTV on in the background and watching episode after episode of House Hunters, why not have them listen to the six to eight to 10 episodes of your podcast where you follow someone through the building process, where you talk to the ownership and talk about the culture of the company, where you I explain how you find communities. And so the mm -hmm. pressure's off of, you don't need to make something that comes out every week, every two weeks, every month, because no one's going to listen to your, very few people are going to listen to your podcast for the next three years. Yeah. So just do the hard work of making that initial volume of podcasts. And then every six months or a quarter, whenever something interesting strikes you, if we could make an episode about that, add to it. Mm -hmm. but you're not uh, too many times when it comes to content, we're just thinking about what's going to go viral. What's going to bring in the most new blood into the system. And what we have a severe lack of is in all forms other than a frequently asked question page or the five simple steps to home building. There is a lack of content that lets people gain more trust connection, feel like they know you as a builder and 
the thing I really love about it is it's almost impossible for a bigger, larger competitor for you to copy, to copy you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the, going back to the DR Horton, you know, if they, if they wake up two years later and realize they need to do this, they can't just go hire a company and spend a million bucks and create content overnight. Yeah. It's just not how content creation works. Well, I think, you know, think of it as a swimming pool, you know, they have the shallow end to the deep end. Yep. Like anything else, prospects aren't mm-hmm. jumping right into the 10 foot section. I mean, especially yep. with having that content to binge, ex- we live in this culture where, ex- especially at least me, I, Netflix, it's like a show comes out. I love when there are 10, ep- like the season's out already and I can sit mm-hmm. down and knock it out, especially when you get excited about something. Yep. So yeah. I, I agree. I really, yeah. Especially I I'm thinking back to when we built, like how useful that'd be to be like, well, how does financing work? And then like you could have all the questions and every builder is different. So it's not like, you know, that you could listen to Dale Hortons, but you're building with KB or whatever builder. And then like, well, what's the design process? Like, you know, what's the building? Like how often do I bug people? What's the three months in? Like you could have all these different milestones in the building process that people can, I'm sure they won't listen to it throughout the eight months or six months, whatever time it takes, but they'll listen to it in the first week. Like, Hey, are we going to sign this contract or not? And all those things will make them feel, I think super, super comfortable going forward with it like oh well mm-hmm. this is the process we're gonna do this is so much more exciting than buying that old existing home yeah when you let the customer set their own expectations mm-hmm. by listening to your content it should mm-hmm. make everything feel better and again though what i'm saying to be super clear about this is do not post that episode as a facebook ad and try to send it to a hundred thousand people <laughs> yeah. for impressions right because that's not the purpose of it Mm-mm. what i'm talking about is creating content specifically that is designed not to go viral, to never be posted on Facebook potentially, to never go on Instagram. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing right now. Not just from an SEO, I want to write a blog post perspective. Again, uh, from all mediums, video, audio, galleries, uh, mm-hmm. infographics, all of that. We need to th- start thinking more and more about the people who already care enough to want to go to that next level. Awesome. Yep. All right, next up, chatbots and texting. So this one, kind of the quick answer is circle back to the unintended access part and the convenience part of we know customers want it and we know that for some reason companies are unwilling most of the time to do it what I would say is the best way, meaning having actual trained human beings available to to help you in a way that an automated system cannot in today's world. Even the best chatbots are basically just, if it's a chatbot experience in advance, it's trying to filter out the lowest common denominator question, which that's okay. At some point, you're, it's almost like when I worked in a call center, you guys tell me if this is just me making this up. But there are certain places you call into mm-hmm. where about a minute and a half into going through multiple menu systems, you're like, I'm pretty sure this is so that they can say that the, on average, they answer a call within 15 seconds, but there's like a minute and a half buffer of I've got to listen to menus before I could actually yeah. get to a real human <laughs> being. So in, no, in essence, totally like the human that. being ends up with this minute and a half to get off the other call to be prepared to take the new call. And sometimes I just feel like that's all we're using automation for is to just slow things down and try to get them to mm-hmm. hang around long enough for a person to jump in. I agree. I agree as well. I would, I a hundred percent. Yep. So back to when we had the gentleman from door on and he was talking about the Amazon ghost stores and how they're saying to the public that they're using artificial intelligence to have these stores that require fewer people. 
the reality is that there's a lot of those things that are flagged by the AI system, but then a human being has to do the hard work of looking at multiple camera angles. What did they really purchase? What should they really be charged? And so they're using humans as backup and probably even training the AI how to get better as they solve those instances one by one by one. But at the end of the day, they need more people, not less, to eventually hopefully get to a place where they can use fewer people. And I feel like as home builders generally, we're like, well, let's add on chat. Let's add on texting. Let's add on this. Let's add on that. Oh, no, we still, we're, we're good with one online salesperson. We don't, we're good. Yep. Nope. Do it all. And I think that when it comes down to that as a whole, that's where we're missing out on. And maybe we need to get more creative. Maybe when it comes to chat, you can have someone who never comes to the corporate office, who's totally remote, who you train intensively for two weeks, and then they go back to Arkansas or Tennessee, mm -hmm. or Florida, or somewhere else, and they just man chat. Maybe you have eight people who work on demand whenever they want to to man chat, and you only pay them by the chat that they pick up. So they well, can similar, do It's like that work. Uber concept, yeah, but except exactly. the text. Yep. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of whenever I see a company page and they have responses, I notice that a certain rep, they'll leave their initials mm -hmm. after a comment. And it reminds me of that as well. It's there's, yeah. you know, a handful of different people mm -hmm. responding back to people on whether it's Facebook or Twitter. And it's kind of cool because in that sense, it's opens up that spectrum to more people being able to be quick, jump in if they're there. Yep. At the end of the day, I'm just super, I mean, we, we worked with one builder who their average time to respond to a chat okay. was 17 that's minutes not, that's not, from the initial, I, no. <laughs> right? That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's it's doing the opposite. It's it's giving a bad experience, setting bad expectations of of generally how this is going to go from this point forward. And just I wish companies would be more open to getting creative with how they get the humans instead of just saying we've we give up, we're not even going to try humans because they're too expensive, too hard to train, to find, whatever. In the short term, long term, I believe in tech. I'm a tech guy too. But in the short term, we're gonna need more humans, not less. We just might get get creative about how they work, when they work, what we pay them. Where yeah, they live, I, th I think people who start the chat thing without the perspective of why would a consumer use chat, and I think they the consumer would use chat because they cannot pick up the phone at the time, but their expectation is, or they don't want to, or because they don't want but to. Their if expectation is immediate, yeah. like within five five ten seconds at the most, I would think. And if it's not that, then mm -hmm. I feel like it's Im immediate and not correct. less knowledgeable. Yeah, like it's, I think it's is the not other one. less. Yes. It's not a subpar experience. Yes. It's not that I'm not I'm not willing to trade off fast for worthless. Definitely. definitely. So I think it's it's what mm -hmm. what's the right. I think if you go with that perspective, like, hey, we want to be the fastest responding chat, whatever, whatever, then you set it up, then I think it could be positive. But if your intentions are the opposite of like, hey, we could do this and it's better for us, the builder or us, the company, then I don't think it will make more sales, make more appointments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To invoke Seth again, the wonderful Seth Godin, you know, his first, one of his first books, Purple Cow, was talking about the reason people would talk about a purple cow is because it's remarkable. It's unique. And no one's going to go to a party and say, guess what? I started a chat session with this company and they responded in half a second and then couldn't help me. That's not a remarkable story. <laughs> yeah, It's not remarkable. And I think a lot of times we just reframed what do we want people to say at a party of why you won't believe this? Mm -hmm. we'd be better off than just going where the technology is leading us or seems to be leading us and 
and not really doing the hard work again of thinking through all these different scenarios. Can I go backwards really right. quick with that party comment? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the party mm -hmm. comment, when you're building, and this is, I, I feel like I have, I have all these emotions going through this building process. I think the absolute worst thing a builder could have, and you could steal this from me, Kevin, if you want, is if a buyer is uneducated on something and they're at a party, a social gathering, anything, and someone yep. says, hey, what about this? And you're the buyer. You just put down X amount of money. You have this investment and you don't know the answer, right? It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh it's like, yeah. what do you mean you're spending X, X, well, X, comma, X, 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 and you, you don't, don't know, know the answer? And maybe right. even worse is you respond without knowing. And I, I, like, I think this is somewhat related. I don't know. It just maybe looks I'm, everyone like energy bad. It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so well, the podcast I think is about perfect, it this way. perfect thing for it. This is why we're getting our house painted right now. Mm -hmm. One side of the house, wife's not super happy with the way it looks. Now they've sprayed and then they painted and touched up the trim mm -hmm. all around where they've sprayed. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to help figure this out is I just want to tell the painting company, hey, I, we're not very happy with the way this looks. Please make it happy and make us happy. Make it look good. Whereas my wife wants to jump towards, I think it should be rolled or painted with a brush next. Like we're not painters. That's where I, yeah. I look at it. I'm like, I'm not a painter. I don't want to tell right. them how I just want it to look good. And I think right. in that scenario of not knowing, sometimes a consumer can go off the rails. Oh yeah. Unless I'm not saying, honey, if you listen to this ever, I'm not saying you're going off the rails. <laughs> Be clear. <laughs> you didn't but oh, when funny. things go wrong and then expectation hasn't been set of this is how we do it, or this is how we respond to this scenario. Mm hmm if once they get into the part of not just saying I'm unhappy, but I'm unhappy and here's what I want you to do. That's a much more dangerous place to be as a business for sure. Because oh, yeah. they're not a builder. They don't know the best way. And then prescribing how they want it solved is proof that you have not communicated or given them enough content or information in an entertaining, uh, consumable way. Yeah. So that bingeable content. Mm -hmm. Perfect. You could fix all that. In my mind, I think you could fix all that. Like you don't have to depend on, salesperson design or the super on the or site. Or even, hey, you like, know what? You might not fix it, but to be able to reference it, that information, be like, hey, we actually recorded a podcast about that exact concern you have, Mr. and Mrs. Peak, six months ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even that is like, oh, so you're not making up an answer right now because you don't <laughs> yeah. know either, but you actually recorded a podcast on that six months ago? Like, the, even that makes it more trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and, and also why yeah. I think big builders are going to be terrified of that idea because legally you put something out in the world that then you better follow up on oh, yeah. too. Right. Like this there's, there's more you there's said, risk with that reward. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last one. And then we're going to wrap it up here. This has been more fun than I expected. Yeah, it's good. Um, oh, I love it. It's like <laughs> I'm just kidding. five, three sixty topics and <laughs> in, in one. Yeah. Miscellaneous apps is kind of the last one and I'm just grouping them all together. But I had someone yesterday say, how are home builders using WeChat? How are home builders using Snapchat? How are home, sometimes it's existing apps that we already know are being used, but taking it to another level. Hey, which builders are setting appointments via Facebook directly with a salesperson in a model home? Just this idea of, and this again takes me back to the Seth Godin quote, we already have this amazing thing, Facebook, Instagram, distribution of content to, in a way to target people like we've never had before. And instead of doubling down and figuring out this thing that works better than anything else right now, Let's start. And I, and I get it again. You always want to be testing and being aware. Like I have talked before I'm on TikTok. I, I do have a WeChat account. 
I am on uh, what's the other one that's like WeChat? Uh, shoot, I don't know. I'm it's I'm an old man with apps. Phone. I'll be honest. Like I'm, I, I'm like that too, Andrew. Oh, WhatsApp. So WhatsApp? we got WhatsApp. Okay. We got WeChat. Mm-hmm. We, I, love know, it. I I use them. I stay aware, but I'm oh, I would never focus my creative time and attention there to much extent mm-hmm. until I have the base. Like if there are still car fires throughout your company when it comes to struggling <laughs> communities or processes. Mm-hmm. You don't have, it's not okay yet. You don't have that extra time. You haven't solved all these basic processes, procedures where it generally works most of the time without a crisis. Then you have the ability once you grow and move beyond those to start testing and exploring and you should always be aware of it. But I think part of the, and I'm going to talk at both sides of my mouth now and then I'll shut up and let you guys give your opinion. (laughs) When I say talk out of both sides of my mouth, it is also frustrating when someone says, you know what, that's a great idea. Now, who else has done that? And you want to say, well, that that's the, our opportunity, right? Yeah. I mean, you're saying you do it. it's kind of like it's the it's a question and the answer posed in two different ways. When you ask me who else is using WeChat, what you're mm-hmm. also could be saying is if we did it, does that give us an opportunity because no one else is like there's two sides Ooh. of I want to do what everyone else is doing and be cool and hip. And maybe I should do it because no one else is doing it because it's not just cool and hip, but I could get to that place first and, and win by being first. Or, or the other side of that is people chime in and say it doesn't work and you save yourself the time or trouble depending yeah, on. Yeah, but also, you know, I do agree with you. You can learn a lot, but again, it goes back to filtering out how you're getting that information. If it's a trusted mm. source that you, yeah. you believe doesn't have a bias that's one thing. But most of the time, going back to, we interviewed a Justin from Sterling Homes, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit in that scenario of when you talk to another builder, most of the time they're gonna be like, oh yeah, we love it. Like someone I know ran a promotion that every house, every inventory home that was a single family or a townhome, one home, one price. So all their single family inventory homes were one price. Interesting. And right, that's interesting. What's more interesting is, let's say it worked really well. What does that mean, worked really well? Like, does that mean you made all your profit that you wanted on each house? And so that's your new standard operating procedure? Does it mean you just cleaned out your inventory? And so now you don't have 100 inventory homes, you only have 10. And that makes everybody happy. Like, what is the definition of success is different for every builder? And how transparent they're going to be about how well it really does work when you just talk to one builder, one off. That's why small groups or having a partner who can share best practices they're learning from many, many different builders around the country, different sizes can be helpful. And by the way, there are other people like that that aren't just us. So that's not a, not saying you got to talk to us about that, but that's where a builder 20 group, a small group where you have access to the actual data and not just a builder's opinions, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, about the miscellaneous app, like the whole thing in general, I get very torn on because a part of me looks at it as if, unless you have a handle or you're successful on the main platforms, why stretch yourself so thin? Kind of, you know, putting a little bit of percentage everywhere else, but then devil's advocate on the other side of it is if you're struggling or you're not getting the results you want, then a part of me sees these apps as a new opportunity to see if one of them work. For you. I think you nailed so I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm torn I can't even, on that. No, I, can't I think you actually, that. I think you nailed it. Yep. L- l- mm-hmm. let, me, let me jump in here before I forget because 
I think you nailed it in this sense of like, if you haven't nailed Facebook and Instagram yet, if you don't mm-hmm. feel like that is an integral part, and I'm not saying it should be your only part to be clear too, but if you don't know for certain that you're getting good results there, mm-hmm. then I think you're already set up to whatever that next thing you try is. If tactically you haven't figured out the thing that you know should work, mm-hmm. yeah, going and starting to play around with WeChat or Snapchat, which has a whole new set of learning to be done, like you can't build off of a known success in another platform. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like you're already starting on quicksand a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, Sorry, no, I was going to say ahead. there's nothing to, uh, for me, there's nothing to add to that. I agree. Like if you're not a master on the other platforms, say the standard, the standard ones, whatever it is at that time, say this is mm-hmm. five years from now, it's not Facebook, it's not Instagram, whatever it is at that time. Like there's no reason to, I mean, go, go ahead and make, if you want to set up the accounts in your OCD about like, hey, all of our, Usernames have to match. Like, yeah. do that weird. Right, you've got the brand name. Thing. Yeah, like, sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not going to make an impact. Well, it's back to being a, on the wheel, always chasing that yeah, new thing that not, you somewhat pull your attention away from the main. Insert the Seth Godin quote here, ones. like yeah. the next. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Here. <laughs> but here's another really silly analogy to try to make my point about knowledge in one app will help you in others. In that, like, I know Central Ohio better than anywhere else in my life because I've lived there the longest. I grew up here. So I think I've maybe I've talked about this before. If I travel somewhere, when I'm asking someone a question about this part of town, like if I go to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, when they say, oh, this is the area everyone wants to be because of the school districts is amazing. It's number one in the area. It's kind of only has infill mostly. Le- like in my mind, instantly, I'm like, that's Upper Arlington. That's Upper Arlington, Ohio. Mm. That is the, that's how I gotcha. correlate that. And so when I, when I go from a Facebook or an Instagram to a TikTok, I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of like this in Facebook. That's kind of like this in Instagram. It's kind of like this in Twitter. And so that's where I just think really understanding deeply the ones that you know are working now ultimately help you learn the others faster because you have reference points. And that's the only way I can keep different geographies straight in my head is to, you know, you say uh, Concord. North Carolina, I think Hilliard, Ohio, you know, that's just, that's the correlation gotcha. in my brain. Yeah. Relative. So, mm-hmm. or and for you, it's Tampa, Tampa. locations, mm-hmm. right? You're yep. thinking about, Oh, that's like St. Pete. That's like that side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. See, you're learning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the bridge. I know yeah. there's a bridge. Yeah, exactly. There's a bridge. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> no I one agree. wants to cross. No it. one wants to cross it. No one likes crossing any bridges. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> Terrible things. Well, Good job, everybody. That was I, fun. I, this was this was a blast. I loved uh, it. Fun going through that. Let's take a quick break and we come back. We'll have answers to last week's question of the week. So last week's question of the week. Was, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah. What is your favorite nonfiction book? on any topic that you've read in the last year? So audiobook or written book, but it has to be within the last mm-hmm. 365 days that you really liked. And this was for a prize and surprise, not really, but because we weren't asking you, you know, what is your builder suck at the most? There were a <laughs> lot of questions or a lot of answers to this week's question of the week. Andrew, yeah, this, was a good, this was a good question. I'm impressed with it how was, many answers are. It was. We want to give first last names or wait, am I picking, am I picking the winner? Do I get to pick the winner? Uh, we're not picking not, the winner yet. We're uh, just going to answer, read, read the answers. Yeah. 
Born a Crime, Trevor Noah. If you're familiar Good with one. Trevor, Ooh. Um, let's see actually, going I don't know that I am. I mean, I have heard the name. You've but seen him. Trevor. I, I know you've seen him. He is what? What's the network? Um, he's the host on. I, I'm terrible oh, with details. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, that's um, right. Oh, CNN, wait. right? I think it's CNN. Yeah, I, okay. I feel I, that. I know you're I, I should googling know. it right now. <laughs> there you go. Googling it right. right now. There you go. Stuff. Let's see, Ryan, Alone on the Wall by Alex Honnold. Yeah, I don't know. Pair um, that book with a viewing of the documentary Free Solo, and he says it's amazing stuff. Free, Ooh. let's see, it's about free solo climbing, which sounds like a terrible life choice. That oh, sounds this like is that weird. Netflix documentary. Yes. yes. Uh, and he gave a TED Talk. Uh, El Capitan, to, right? With, without ropes? Without ropes, yeah. I, think I feel yeah. like you got to have, okay. I have my own thoughts on that. I'll keep off air if you're doing things <laughs> like that. Like, there's something wrong. Something <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. make a mistake, you're dead. There's, it's not even like, because we're that's probably like, not extreme sports fanatics. Oh, extreme. absolutely. No. Uh, like I, I, I my stomach drops when I like skip the step walking downstairs. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. uh, oh boy. Yeah. Martha has never split the difference. It's a great book on negotiation uh, by Chris Voss. A lot of folks have had this one in here too. Building a story brand by Donald mm-hmm. Miller. Jackie Lipinski at American Classic, who was on the podcast, she broke my heart one time when she told me that she didn't really love Predictably Irrational by Dan mm-hmm. Ariely, which is like one of my favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. But she really, really liked Building a Story Brand and, and highly recommends that one. And I, I've read it. I do think it's good as well. Just helps you kind of understand how to reverse engineer what that story should be for your company. Let's see. Let's see. What else we got here? Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's cool seeing a lot of, you know, audio books. That's a big mm-hmm. one. The Girl Who Thought in Pictures, the story of Dr. Temple Grandin. And someone had here like Girl Wash Your Face was one I saw. Which... I saw another one, Girl Stop Apologizing. It's Renee yep, Garcia. Same. That one. And we have to read, um, I feel like we just had him on, Kevin, with Outhouse. Read his. Oh, they're yeah. all They all have B in them. And it's making me uncomfortable. The Big Bad Boy, oh, Bill Murray. <laughs> Buddhism for dudes. Big shifts ahead. They all start with B. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, but that three at the same time, I've been, I cannot I've been read. slacking on my summer reading. I don't know about you guys. So it's so nice that there's this list that I can go to. I'm telling you if I, and this is just, if you've, if you've ever done the strengths finder survey, mm-hmm. my number one strength is learning. Like if I don't learn something new every day, I get depressed. And yeah. so I know it is just a, it's a hack built into myself. If I'm not feeling good. Mm-hmm. I turn on an audiobook and instantly, you know, as soon as I hear one thing, it's like going to a seminar or a conference. You're just like, ah, I'm good. You had your hope. bar of chocolate. You're I, you know, good to go. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> good to go. Uh, Aaron Kennedy, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. That's a great book. The founder of, of Nike. Ooh, I listened to that one. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Meredith Oliver, The Five Second Rule. Yep, that's a good one. I, for the life of me, the summary of that one's missing my, but I, I have read that and I do remember liking it. Uh, I need to, read it again in hopefully five seconds or so to catch back up. But yeah. I do remember liking it. I just, um, I just educated? ordered a book. Educated. Oh yeah? What'd you do? I did. And and it's, I haven't started because it's, so it's unbroken. I have the Amazon title here and the book is right in front of me. I just haven't started it yet because I know it's daunting. The font's like font six and there's like 500 pages. <laughs> it's uh, a World War II story of survival, resilience, and redemption. It's the, I don't know all of it because I haven't read it yet. He was POW, and then I think he went to mm-hmm. the Olympics, and it goes into like all the details of all of it. And I 
the reviews on it, you're like, oh, okay, this is like, it's very detailed on all of it. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it a great book because it's honest. So that's, yeah, yeah we'll see it. We'll see if I, I don't start know why it. this matters at all, but I'm trying to look at, I think the longest book I've ever read was the Truman biography. And let's just see how many pages are in that. 1120 pages. Okay. Oh I read that when I was a ninth grader, I think, because oh when I was a kid, sounds yeah. amazing. I, I love it. Some people texted me when they heard that I hate horses. So here's another interesting fact about Kevin Oakley. <laughs> I do hate horses. I do like pancakes. And when I was a kid, I was not paid an allowance. I was paid to read. And so the more paid. books that I would read, I'd have to write a quick summary about it. And the more pages in the book and the more difficult it was to read, the more money I would make. So that's why I sought out Truman and other books like that as I was like, oh, this is a $20 book right here. It might take me a while, but I'm going to get through this <laughs> yeah. this guy. Because, you know, Hardy nice. Boys books, I could read those very yeah. quick and make a quick 50 cents, but it's just something better about getting a $20 bill when you're a kid. So that's a really um, good idea. It's you a great to, way to encourage yeah. the love of reading and learning mm-hmm. in your kids. Is Especially now. And it's okay mm-hmm. to bribe them to do things like that. It'll, it'll impact the rest of their life. That's you the bribe though right. that you'd want. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think we are going to have to play spin the page to pick this. Cause unless you guys have a straw, I feel like everyone's given a lot of good. Yeah notes here i'm just spinning the page up and spinning down, the page. Up and down Can't which pick i guess makes the people previous winner somehow i know this is getting harder sarah has she won before sarah joiner i don't think so i don't think so i'm looking at profile pictures as i don't recognize it but she could have just had a new profile picture and I, as i'm I going to so. her profile she actually just posted on august 7th any great book recommendations <gasps> so oh that's cool. i think you need an amazon gift card yes. to get on yeah, those, so manages joiner homes got it oh well there, and yeah, she's from ohio homes, of course it's like there you go newark even better but we'll get you that amazon gift card congratulations Yay. to sarah awesome all right new question of the week man didn't think about that one did we we didn't mm. oh man usually we're sneaky and we could get it let me mm-hmm. <sighs> unintended access something about that or Oh, oh yeah, we should do, go. yeah, one of our 360 topics. Yeah. yeah. Andrew on? to the rescue just made up the question of the week on the spot. <laughs> Does your builder currently use unintended access of any form or are they looking into it? Are you sniffing around the hen house trying to figure out if you should, if you should dive in? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but is your builder currently using unintended access in any form? If so, if you want to share, that'd be awesome. If not, are you considering it? Is it something that you're looking at doing on the on the near horizon? I think that'll be interesting. Ooh, to, I'm excited uh, to, to see these answers. Mm-hmm. All right, that'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.